It's football time. <laughs> you know I've been waiting for this one. Let's get it, Raw Fusion. Welcome to the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's been a long time. Uh, I should have left you. Without a strong show to flip to Now think of how many weeks shows you slept through uh, Time's up, I'm about to bless you with another season Another reason To cut on the TV and start the cheesing To get up on the phone and go call your friends And let them know the King B's Raw Fusion began to sit on back And enjoy yourself, I'll be your company baby If you need a little help, I took off for a while To revise the plan, got my focus on So I can check out the scam and open up my team Eliminate the fake and wouldn't got me a beat from Bobby Drake And now I'm back and it's better than you ever saw But enough talk, let's get wrong A typical night at the clubs Let's get wrong You don't want to fall in love Let's get wrong And got the fusion in your blood Let's get wrong And to my ladies and my thugs Let's get wrong And to the haters on the scene Let's get wrong Don't be mad cause we got green Let's get wrong You should be trying to make the team Let's get wrong Cause we taking everything Let's get wrong Raw it's 2021, and for all you morons that thought that uh, <laughs> January 1st, the world was going to change, of course it didn't. <laughs> so, we're getting into football, you know. Um, it's about that time where playoffs begin, and soon we're going to have the big game. You know that technically a lot of people aren't supposed to say the word the big game is called. Have you ever noticed that in some commercials and things of that nature, uh, the big game is used or things uh, or, or something similar to that? The reason is because it's a trademark phrase. You're not really supposed to use it unless you get approval. So there you go. Learn something new every day, huh? <laughs> Anyway, uh, well, in a public fashion, you know, of course, news stations, stuff like that. They have previous uh, uh, approval because they cover sports and things of that nature. So they are able to use it. But a lot of commercials and things of that nature, they don't use that word. Just take notice of that. Some of them, you know, they like, again, they have, they have an affiliation with the NFL, then they use it. But if they don't. They don't, a lot of them don't use that word. I guess there's some renegades out there that use it anyway. It's playoff time, baby. But before we get into all of that, I'm sitting here, I'm chilling. You guys can meet me at Clubhouse, King B the Great. Uh, you can look me up on Clubhouse and follow me there. I'm chilling, listening to some Clubhouse, whatever, um, watching some TV, whatever. People keep talking. Go on social media, people are talking. What's going on? This, that, and the third. So I said, let me check this out. I go on the news, right? <laughs> and these motherfuckers are storming the goddamn Capitol building. Like, this is like this shit doesn't even happen. Is this a movie? You know what I mean? This shit was better than some of the soap operas out there. It really was. What's interesting to me is that you have a lot of people that say that black people have been wrongly treated by the American government. They will say that it, there is institutional 
racism. Hmm. Great catchphrase, right? Institutional racism. Hmm. But the moment this terrible government is challenged, and hell, it doesn't even have to be them that challenges it, just as long as they're challenged in a certain way. What do they do? Oh, this is terrible. Oh, look at this. Hey, you shouldn't do that. You know, they they have a thing. If they say that um, some people, if they are held captive, kidnapped, tortured for a long enough period of time, what will happen is they start to identify with their captor. They will start to take on their traits. They will start to act like them. They will even try to defend them. It's something that is what I like to call a slave mentality. So here's a bunch of motherfuckers, Trump supporters supposedly, who are so pissed off about the election that they go and try to protest, disrupt the uh, the counting of the certified uh, results, which is a process that happens all the time. So every election, this is the process. You know, we don't really hear about it because normally the person who lost or is perceived to be the loser concedes. You don't have all this bullshit. You know, Hillary kicked it off. There's been this growing thing for a while. If you really follow politics, people have had certain kinds of positions throughout history about elections. The people who lose don't like it. But we almost had a problem when Obama beat Hillary and they started the bullshit. Hillary came out and was like, no, we have to unify behind Obama, blah, 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 blah. That was the beginning of this bullshit. So then Hillary runs, she loses last four years as a result. Which me personally, you know, I feel like if you think that, that, um, I think if you if you feel like you got two idiots running and you think you have two races running, which to me, if you think one is racist, if you really look down their personal record, if you think one is racist, I think the other one is racist, too. You got two races, two idiots. You pick the lesser of two evils. And people like to say that. My thing is you you have examples. You have examples of what the Democratic Party did eight years, starting 12 years ago. And in the last four years, I think, honestly, if we're going to be honest about the whole thing, many people who they call disenfranchised had a, got more out of the last four years than they did out of the previous eight. You know, there was uh, the economy that was in the tank. Obama took office. Now, I promise we're going to get to football. Uh, but when Obama was in office, there was a strategy. And within that strategy, a lot of money went to the people who actually screwed up the motherfucking economy in the first place. The rich people, the banks. People make an argument that the person sitting there now cares about rich people and that's it. But during the Obama administration, they gave $600 to regular people, quote unquote, and gave a bulk of the, the, the relief money to the rich people. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But here you have someone who's given, or an administration, of course, Congress is a part of it, $1,200. Then says we want to give $2,000 the next time. Long before the election, that was a statement. I don't know. That seems better than $600 to me. I don't know. I, you know, I was pretty good in math in school. I, I You know, $600, $1,200. $2,000, that's like 
$3,200 versus $600. Hmm. But fuck all that because you don't like the fuckers' tweets. You, you, you just say, fuck all that. And then they show you exactly what's happening. So now, imagine, just for a second, uh, you have someone who's going to be reelected and they've already said $2,000 is what they want to see. If you come... If Congress had come with some bullshit like 600 bucks, and matter of fact, they said they were gonna not sign that. Congress comes back with 600 bucks, and you gotta deal with this motherfucker for four years more, you wouldn't even bring up the $600. And if you did, you know it would be shot down, and they tell you to go back in there and get at least 12 and possibly 2,000, right? But since you don't have to deal with this motherfucker for four more years, you can just say 600 bucks. They can shoot it down if they wanted to, and then guess what's gonna happen? You wait a month, a few weeks. Then you get your guy in there, who was, the same, who was part of the same administration that gave 600 the last time, they'll approve the 600 bucks and say, fuck the rest of it. So now you can pull that move. They couldn't even wait to go back to giving you bullshit. Now to me, if you're off work for months, if you're going through a tough time, you're in the winter, shit, 600, 1200, all of that is pretty low. 2000, it's pretty low. But 600 bucks? They're showing you that the Democratic Party does not give a fuck about you. And yet you still, like the lowly slave you are, just love them. Oh, they're so great. They're so wonderful. They're going to fix all the problems. Might I remind you that during the Obama administration, 400, 400 people were killed by police officers. Sandra Bland, that was during the Obama administration. Philando Castile, during the Obama administration. Trayvon Martin, during the Obama administration. I didn't see the world turn over like it did during that time. I didn't see the whole world out there protesting during that time. People, wake the fuck up. I'm getting sick of y'all motherfuckers, really, because you are so fucking stupid. This happened because of who was in office, not because of what happened. These people go out there and they pretend like they're your friend, but the truth of the matter is the Black Lives Matter movement and all these other things, quote unquote, the movement, fuck you, were political, were supported politically. Hell, I don't know about the Black Lives Matter movement itself and whether they're politically involved. I don't give a shit. All the support was political. It was there, it was there to get the person out of office that was in there. If you remember, go back, YouTube, whatever you gotta do. As soon as that some bitch got in office, they were protesting. That didn't work so well. I mean, got impeached. But I mean, I'm talking about the day of the inauguration. So to you simple-minded motherfuckers, let me tell you what happened. They sat there and they waited till they can get something that they could support and they can get everybody's support from and they blew it up and then the whole world started protesting. Big, big stink. Because if you look at what the election is now, just imagine if the economy was still good, if COVID wasn't a thing, what would have happened? It was close enough with, with COVID, with all the protesting. So just like I said, it would have been a shoe in without the protesting and without COVID. I told you that. Those were the two things that was the deciding factor. And people just wanted to feel like they felt again before. But what were they feeling? Bullshit. 
Do you honestly think that these racist people were there? Just 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 came out of four years. This happened four years ago. It's all four years ago. They just automatically under a trance and turned into racist. No. And someone said, well, yeah, but they feel more emboldened now. Do they really? Because 400 people who are dead tell me they felt emboldened then during the last administration. Look, you really have to learn what's going on. They're not trying to stop racism. They don't care whether your life matters or not. Black, whatever color. Really, you're not part of their rich elite. They don't give a fuck. As a matter of fact, they don't give a fuck about them either. But they got to use them just because they're rich. And what that did when they hit the Capitol. Now, some people argue if they were a different color, they would have got shot down, woo woo the man, whatever. Maybe that's true, maybe it's not. Because truthfully, can you imagine if it was a different color and they were shot down, what the fuck would have happened behind that? Mm. But what it did was it showed a wrinkle. And that's why so many people didn't like it. So many of the powerful, quote unquote, people. You motherfuckers did, you know, on their slave shit. They don't give a fuck about you. I don't either. But what it showed was there are more of us than them. And that when there are more of us than them, you get to break into the Capitol. I mean, motherfuckers running in to these people who are elected and feel so cool and safe and can tell you what the fuck to do. Here's the son bitch with his with his with his feet up on the desk. <laughs> shit was great. Shit was great, man. I watched that shit and it was almost as entertaining as football. It really was because it's illustrated what I've been saying all along. That was about what they said about 10,000 people. Well, you got how many millions of people in the world and only the 1% really controlling it? The money? How many millions of people? That if these millions of people decided to stand up and do something instead of sitting around bullshitting, how quickly shit could change, how it could fall in a second. This is the reason why they're so upset about that. Because the veil has been pierced. Beautiful. It's kind of dramatic. Just stop it. <laughs> well, you say, I, I need to relax. Look, my thing is, is that if you really want to know how I feel, this system needs to be revamped, reimagined, and a new, better system needs to be in place. And sometimes you got to bust this motherfucker in order to. The problem is, is that when you bust this motherfucker, they'll probably have the people, we allow those people that put this system together in the first place, or their descendants, or their type. The next system would be just as fucked up. That's the problem. It should be we the people. It's not. Football time, baby. We got a great show coming up. I'm excited. I love football. I don't necessarily love the league. We know they have its problems and its issues and the simple racist nature of a lot of the things that go on within that league. And they really need to clean that motherfucker up. And hopefully they will do so expeditiously. But I love the sport, the game of football. To me, it's a metaphor for life. When I played, between the whistles, if you were on my team, you were my teammate, and we go to war. And it's really as close to war as you can get without bloodshed. I'm not gonna say bloodshed because there's a lot of bleeding in football. Without uh, uh, mass murders or mass killings. But people get seriously fucked up in um, football. There's a residual effect 
for a lot of people mentally um, and, and such. But damn it, it's strategy. You got 11 people on one side, 11 people on the other side. The goal is to get to your goal. One side is trying to get there and the other side is trying to stop it. At its core, God damn it, that is life. At its core, we have goals. And there are things that try to stop you. Can you make it to the end zone? God damn, I love football. So, y'all know I'm rooting for my homie, Mahomes. I'm just going to say it. I said it last year. He is indeed the greatest quarterback we have ever seen in the league. I know there are people saying that other people have more accomplishments. That's true. But when you see that greatness, to me, if he stays on this trajectory, he's going to smash all the other ones. It's kind of like Michael Jordan. When you saw him, you didn't know that he was going to win six championships. You know, fuck off basketball and go to baseball for a couple of years or a year and a half or whatever it was. But you saw this guy and you said, God damn it, that's the best we've seen before the championships. And when you look at Patrick Mahomes, that's what you see. He's the best we've seen in the league. He just really is. So... I don't have to wait. And even if his career stopped tomorrow, I'm not hoping that or wishing that, he's still going to be the best we've ever seen. He just doesn't have the longevity of it. But if he does, it will be undisputable. So while Chicago could have had Patrick Mahomes, you know, at some point I'm starting to think that maybe that football club wouldn't have brought out the greatness. And he deserved to go somewhere or they would let him be great. Let's hit these phone lines and see what you think about playoff time, 2021. Raw Fusion, what's up? Who's this? Brene Melody. Hey, what's up? You called in once before, didn't you? Yes, I did. How's everything going? It's going well. Good, good, good. All right, so check it. We're talking football today. You love football? Yeah, I love me some football, but don't ask me no main questions because, you know, I don't, I don't know about no football like that. I just know I like the balls. <laughs> 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 Men in tight shoes? Right. No, fine. Uh, <laughs> see, see. That's how it starts. What's your favorite team? Well, I'm in between the Cowboys and the Bears. You know, I don't really like oh, the Packers, goodness. but, you know, they doing their thing. I can't get mad at them. Oh, goodness gracious. Did you see the <laughs> That's the reason why you don't know anything about football because you like the cow with Cowboys? What? Seriously? Oh. You can't sleep on the Cowboys. They doing their thing. They coming back. I can't can't stand the Cowboys. Never. They're not coming back. They'll be in the tank for a while. No, the Bears is not coming back. They they back in the cave. The Bears are in the playoffs. The Cowboys are watching along with you and I. Look, (laughs) they going to have their time, okay? Mm -hmm. They need some time. That's all. Everybody Mm -hmm. had a bad season. Yeah, well, they've been having a a few bad seasons (laughs) in a row. (laughs) The Bears had their time, and they came back. See? Bears, hey, look, listen, 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 listen. Bears ain't doing that great either. So, I mean, they're in the playoffs. That's cool. But let's not get, you know, out of out of, out of pocket now. Uh, the Bears is. Well, see, that's because, you know, even though I'm a female, you know, I like watching me a little bit of football. But, you know, I don't know that much about football. I just know I like watching it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You just like to see. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a time. I was young and I, I wanted to play football with the guys on the team back in high school and stuff. But, you know, after I lost interest in that, you know, everything went to just like, okay, I just want to see y'all play ball. Were you a cheerleader? 
Uh, no. <laughs> I wasn't always pretty. <laughs> okay. Hey, a little badass. Okay. Just a little bit. Playoffs. Hey, enjoy yourself. I most definitely will. And you enjoy yourself too. Thank you, sweetie. Of course. Wow, fusion. If you want to check out some of our films, you can do so at patreon.com slash king b and as always king b's raw fusion podcast is sponsored by the indie if you like independent artists or independent products or you're just independent like me check out the indie city.com t-h-e-i-n-d-y-c-i-t-y.com previously on raw fusion Today we are talking about business. The quad coaches are here today. You helped businesses get over $2 million? That's correct, since COVID. Just money that you're leaving on the table from just not having your stuff in order. Someone who has your vision in mind at all times, and then they make it easier to find another safe space for you to be, to find other people to be around you to help you build your vision. The exercises that you do on a regular basis to program yourself for success are extremely important. And so how you uniquely stand out in the marketplace, how you express your brand, it really speaks to not only the quality and credibility of your brand, but the impact and the reach of your brand as well. Don't miss a minute of King B's Raw Fusion. Make sure you subscribe for free to King B's Raw Fusion podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Raw Fusion. Ladies and gentlemen, you see what we've been doing on the new revamped Raw Fusion bringing in a lot of my friends who are doing great things and today is no different got my homie here steve conley and we're going to talk about the things that he's done and some of the things that he's doing right now what's happening man oh nothing much man it's another day i I hear that man you're quite busy these days man you got a lot going on yeah just you know open open up my own business open up my own gym it's been a dream i've been wanting to do even before sports always visualize myself owning a gym so to finally have it happen you know it's, it's keeping me busy okay we're going to talk about it it's kindly fitness let them know where it's located all right well, i'm in fairville arkansas you know we we kind of combine all the towns up here and call it northwest arkansas um it's a nice area up here man and but nelson's crossing uh it's been getting a lot of buzz since i opened it up okay so if you're in fayetteville or in that area make sure you stop by and uh get hooked up at Conley fitness now what all do you have going well we'll get into that in a second first of all let's back up let's back up you said before sports so if people don't know you are a former pittsburgh Steeler, right that's correct five years yeah five years in the league starting off with pittsburgh uh play with the indianapolis colts had a brief stint with the carolina panthers was in the Senate, CFL, and did the XFL. Okay, okay. man, wow, he was all over the place, huh? All over the now, place, which, man. Okay, but which one do you pledge your allegiance to now? Pittsburgh, by far, Pittsburgh. That's what hanging my hat up. Yep. Okay, there you go. I think they got kind of railroaded by COVID, so they had to play like 100 yeah, games in three yeah. days. Right, exactly, you know, and then plus injuries they got on the, at the linebacker and the D-line, you know, it's kind of hitting them right now. I, actually, I didn't have them I thought the Buffalo game was going to be tough just because of where it landed. I didn't expect for them to lose to Washington, but 
I thought they, I thought, I, I thought they would be. The Buff Buffalo was going to be a tough game, regardless. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo's playing pretty tough. Hey, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Washington's putting it together though. They're going on a little bit of run. You know, they Everybody are. Was saying. They are. So that, that that loss is not looking as bad as it was when they first did it. You know, the whole thing right. is just getting to the playoffs and you know, hopefully have home field uh, as much as you can. And with not without having fans in the stands, you know, home field doesn't mean as much. Um, but you know it, it still helps. It's crazy, man. Um, Pittsburgh is like my number two team, so I'm kind of <laughs> rooting for them. But you know, I got to go with the uh, with the Chiefs, man. Mahomes is gonna take it again. Yeah, um, I really, believe. A good what, friend man? of mine is a big Chiefs fan. A good <laughs> friend of mine is a Chiefs fan, and uh, he was in the gym today. Actually, he didn't talk yeah. a lot of noise about it, but you know he. Yeah. He's thinking it's going to be Pittsburgh and Kansas City in the play, in the championship in AFC. So I'm uh, hoping that's what it is, actually. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a tough I one. I like Andy Reid, though. I'm, a, I'm an Andy Reid fan, actually. I wish I actually would have had a chance to play underneath him. I was a fan of him when he was at Philly. Uh, actually, I was a big Andy Reid fan. Yeah, yeah. So, But you were on the Steelers before Tomlin, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I had Coach Bill Cowher. Um, and uh, you know Pittsburgh has only had uh, three coaches in uh, in the in, in their franchise history, which is incredible. I mean, you got some teams that might have three coaches in two years, yeah. much less have uh, three coaches in the, in the in the franchise. That says a lot about the Rooney family and the Pittsburgh organization. I wish the only thing I my only regret with Pittsburgh is wish I could have did a little bit more while I was there, but. Don't have one bad thing to say about the organization. Yeah, man, they 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 hold on if you're doing well. They will hold on to you. But the thing about Tomlin, mm-hmm. um, I think he should be up for coach of the year, honestly. But uh, he reminds me, I don't know, I haven't met him. I, and I don't know if you've met him or talked to him, but from a distance from what mm-hmm. I see on TV, he kind of reminds me of Coach Dennis. <laughs> you know, kind of that no nonsense. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Every time I see him, just yeah. the way he walks, he kind of, okay, so if people don't, know who Coach Dennis is. Well, Steve and I are friends because we went to the same high school, graduated one year before me, and we also played on the same football team. And Coach Dennis was our defensive coordinator. And uh, <laughs> he was a hell of a character, man, I tell you. But one of one of my yeah. uh, favorite coaches, uh, they coached me, so. No, no, I'm agreeing with you. Actually, I never, I never even thought about that. Now that you say that, that's actually a good, I think that's a good comparison. Um, I, I got a lot of good stories about him, but you know, the one thing that I, I, I remember that it was kind of cool was, um, this is actually after Luther South, you know, no, actually, no. The one story I had when we was at Luther South, we was playing Walter Luther, and I just had a penalty called him. We was already winning the game. They didn't have a chance of beating us. And I was like, all right, and the refs kind of made me upset. And I was playing defensive end, and I went after the quarterback and I hit him so hard and it wasn't nothing personal against the quarterback because I actually had a lot of friends that walked the Luton at the time. But I yeah. did try to decapitate him. And Coach took me out to the game. He said, Steve, you tried to kill that dude. I can't play you no more, man, because the game was out of hand. And he was like, I can't put you in there no more. And, um, I never had a coach tell me that before from playing too hard. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's hilarious. Especially the way, way he used to teach us to use the Python. Remember that? People don't know what yep. the python is. Yep. He literally python. basically told us just basically to hit him in the throat. <laughs> yep, basically. That's why I was shocked because, I mean, you know, he, how, right. he, how he taught us, I mean, right. I thought that was a good physical hit. You know, but, you know, he, he took me out. And I was like, Man. all right. 
No, but I right. nothing, nothing but good things to say about my Lucha Style experience. No, it was great. And and see for the people who know me, because a lot of people know me from film, uh, TV, stuff like that. They don't remember me that far back. All right. mm-hmm. So you tell these people who don't believe me when I say I was a dog on that football field, man. He was. He was, man. I thought I thought you had a. I thought you could have been actually a, a real good uh, in today's game, a real good defensive end. I thought, you know, like myself, you know, people would kind of stereotype us uh, because of our height and may think you you got future in basketball, but foot, football is probably where both of us actually, well, me for sure, make make your money at. You know, but, you know, in Chicago at the time, you know, we were, you know, it was all about basketball. You know, football had a lot of hype, too, but basketball was the thing if you, if you, if you, can, if you can play. See, the difference between you and I, you were actually good at basketball. <laughs> I was, <laughs> look, man, I'm gonna keep it 100. I was a dog in football, but basketball, I, uh-huh. I, was, I was not, I was, I, no, I wasn't. Partly because I didn't like it, you know what I mean? Because I was 6'6", uh-huh. six, six, a junior, they forced you into it. You just gotta do it. This is what you exactly. gotta do. I didn't right. like it. Right. I liked hitting people, you know. I didn't even mm-hmm. want to be on offense, you know. And I just loved defense, so I could hit some people. I didn't have to score a bunch of points. I just liked hitting people. <laughs> yeah, so, right. um, so yeah, I was I was not as good at, at basketball, but you were, and I I was wondering, you know, why did you choose football over basketball? Because I, I think it's, you it's interesting. Done both. That's actually a very interesting. That's a good question, actually, because um, actually, it's a story behind this. Okay. So when I was at Luther South, I was deciding whether uh, I was going to play basketball or run track. Football was not wasn't even an equation. Mm-hmm. I was about to either commit to Southern Illinois, Eastern Illinois, Drake, or uh, Ohio University for basketball. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to play basketball, or I was going to commit to University of Illinois for track and try to walk on their basketball team. That's what my mm-hmm. mindset was. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the University of Wisconsin recruited me, Coach Barry Alvarez, it was his second year there, who's now the AD of the University of Wisconsin. And their staff recruited me so hard, and at the time they recruited me for wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And told me I could be the next Altoon, who was a, a great receiver for the mm-hmm. New York Jets, and said, yeah. you know, you're 6'5", you're fast, you can jump. I never even thought I had a future in football. I just played at Luton South because we had to play football to stay in shape for basketball. That was my only reason for playing. Yeah. But they recruited me so hard and told me I can go pro. Now, you mind, you're telling this high school kid that he can go pro in something, and mm-hmm. I'm believing him. Right. Long story short, but I ended up going to the University of Arkansas to run track and walk on the basketball team. Did both. Uh-huh. Made the basketball team. At this time, the, the basketball team at the U of A was, they was going to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Um, uh, that was a norm for, for University of Arkansas. Minimum was Sweet 16. Okay. So I made this team with Todd Day, Lee Mayberry, Oliver, Big O and all them. And, you know, I'm, 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 I'm like, man, this is a big accomplishment for a freshman. Yeah. I make the team, and then while I'm on the team, all I can think about is, man, Coach Alvarez said I can go pro in football. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking about. Uh, and I'm actually doing good in basketball at Arkansas, uh-huh. and I end up I end up quitting the football ba- basketball team, walking on the football team, earning a scholarship, mm. and the rest is history. Mm, okay. So in three, my first year at Arkansas, I actually played three sports. A lot of people don't know that yeah. I, I played. I ran did track, basketball, and football. Walked on okay. to and on the scholarship in football. Huh. That's why I played. Oh. 
And when you got on the football team, you stopped with track and basketball then after that, right? I did track for one more. I stopped basketball. I did track for two years. And we actually won two national championships at Arkansas uh, the two years I was there, um, mm -hmm. which was, you know, it was the best track team in, in the country. Uh, but this is probably still the one of the best. They still call this the track capital of the world. Uh, but so I got two rings in track. And uh, my last year at Arkansas, we won the SEC West for the first time. So I was able to get a ring in football as well. So. My experience at Arkansas was pretty good. Damn, bro. I guess that's why you're still down there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, as I recall, you were, you were good at at, uh, at track, too. Triple jump and all that yeah, kind of shit. Triple jump, long jump. Um, yeah, I remember that. Me, I just love football. You know, I, I was kind of forced to do the rest of it. It's like, oh, you want to play football? Okay, play basketball. Eh, run track. Actually, I was uh, up for running track and baseball at the same time, oh, wow. they wanted me to. They wanted me to pitch and do uh, and uh, do track, and I did that for a while, and then just went went straight to track. Um, then the funny thing is, after college, I'm like, you know, entertainment started calling me, and I really, I really looked at football and how, because you know, Iowa wanted me, and Ohio State wanted me, um, and a few others. I had a passion for something else at that point. And I mm -hmm. know that if you go on the football field, like when I played, it was no questions. You know, I knew what I wanted mm -hmm. to do. Um, I knew I wanted to play it. Uh, uh, and I went all out in it because I honestly believe you don't really, they told, they told me, and it was probably some bullshit, but they were like, you know what? If you go all out and you do what you're supposed to do, you're not gonna get hurt. You get hurt anyway, um, but you don't right. get hurt badly. You know what I mean? Too badly. Mm. And uh, so when faced with should I play again in college, I was like, man, I don't really feel it as much as I used to. I still love the sport. It's the greatest sport ever known to man as far as I'm concerned. But I took a little time away from it and I just never came back, man. You know, I was able to do my first movie within a year after leaving college. So and then that led to TV and. And you know, I had a good career. Sometimes I still wish I had done the football thing, but I know that if I had gone out there without having the right attitude, mm -hmm. I probably would have got broke up <laughs> pretty badly and wouldn't have been able to do the other things that I wanted to do. So that was kind of attitude. And I remember, okay, so here's the thing, funny thing, funny story. Don't know if you remember. You came back one year while you were still playing. And, uh, we went to the gym and I could hang, right? Um, with, with, the, with the weights and everything. And then we went to the damn Dan Ryan Woods. <laughs> oh, you did, I made you do the hill workout? Man, we went to the, you kept talking <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, man, you could've kept, come on, do the football, do the, do the pro workout with me. Oh, man. And I was like, okay, you know me, I, I was just gullible. <laughs> shit. Oh. <laughs> Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I have never worked out and threw up before. And I swear to God, by the time, <laughs> I don't know what what rep, I don't even remember what we did. The only thing I remember is at the end of one of them, I was puking all over the top of that hill. All right, man, the hell with this. And I made the right decision. And hell with football, too, because this is crazy. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm gonna tell you something to make you feel a little bit better. So it's a lot of, you're not the only person I may throw up on that because I actually wanted people. I needed people to work out with me just so I can get through it. So uh, uh-huh. the hardest part was all, actually anytime I had to do it by myself. I had Kendall Gill work out with me one time. You know, former okay. U of, University of Illinois star and Charlotte yeah. one great. Um, yeah. So anyway. Me and Kendall was working out. Man, Kendall, if people don't realize, and even to this day, he's probably one of the best conditioned post-athletes you will find. You know what I mean? He just keeps his body in fine-tuned shape when he was playing and even when he's done. So, you know, it's all over with. And I told him, I said, hey, man, you know, when we finish, you know, if you happen to throw up, don't freak out. So we finished the workout. He, he looked at me kind of funny, like, yeah, I ain't throwing up, man. I'm going to get through this. You know who I am. You know, right. and he, he finishes the workout, you know, he has getting his nice Mercedes and he's all right, Steve, see you there, pull off, he, he, he's still there. Uh-huh. And he tells me the next day, he said, man, right when you pull it off, I threw up all <laughs> over the side of my car. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of made me feel a little good because, you know, he's a stud, man. I was like, oh man, I made Kendall Gill throw it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, I, I just said, this is your thing. You're you're sadistic, uh, dude, and you just like making people uh, throw up all over the place. See, there's something wrong with you. I knew it. Too many football hits. <laughs> right, I, that's why. That's why. I guess that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Right. <laughs> well, uh, I hope you're not making a lot of people throw up over there. At uh, I can't promise that. Oh shit. You know, you're supposed to be selling it. You know, you're gonna scare the hell out of me. I am, man. I, I, I don't, you know, it's, it's it's a family organization. My, you know, my hashtag is train, train smart, live well. But the, my quote, you, I live by: if you want something you never had, you have to do something you've never done. Yeah. And to to take that challenge, you know, sometimes you got to take your body in a place you've never taken it before, and, and you'll be happy with the results. But you know, it's gonna be some work to get there. So that's what you're doing at Conley Fitness, like. Mm-hmm. Tell tell me the whole the experiences being a member of Conley Fitness. It's great, you know. You know, being using the name, you know, Conley Fitness. You know, a lot of times when people see Conley Fitness, they don't necessarily just think they don't see Steve Conley uh, right away. They they think of you know you can think of Mike Conley Jr. You can think of Mike Conley Senior. You can mm-hmm. think of my niece Sydney Conley. Uh, you know, all are D one and professional athletes. So when mm-hmm. we say Conley Fitness. You know, I use it as a family thing. I always say, hey, come be a part of the family. And uh, to be a part of the family, that means you're joining something great. I want you to have the same experience that I had from a, a professional, emotional, spiritual journey to get to this point. So it is a true family once you become a part of a member at the gym itself, but actually how we treat you once you're here. So it's a long-term thing once you come. You know, a lot of people, you know, you're gonna have a lot of people join up for the first of the year. And uh, when you do that, you know, a lot of times they don't stay if that's the reason why they join. My goal is for you to stay here and for you to get everything that you want out of it. So, you know, come come join the family. That's what I tell people. Join the family. And you do have some uh, other notables in your family as well. You know, I knew that, but I really didn't care. Like in high school, I'm like, I knew your your brother had done some stuff. And well, okay. You know, <laughs> I was just cool with you because you was on the football team with me and, and uh <laughs> And we used to play, when I played the line, tackle, you were the, the end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, on the same side. And we used to beat the hell out of people. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if it was, I, and that, you know what, that story you told me is unbelievable because uh, I don't, I don't. we did a lot of stuff. I remember one game, 
I think it was Walter too. I'm not sure. It was one of those teams out there in the, somewhere else. And uh, every time I get up on that quarterback, man, he would he would throw the ball, and he kept fucking with my sacks. You know what I mean? Because I get right up on him, he throw the damn ball, right up on him, throw the damn ball. I said, throw that shit again, and I'm hit you harder than I I would have before. So next play, he does it again, and I rock the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the penalty, fuck you. I'm gonna kick your ass, and if you do it again, I'm gonna do it again. The next time I got back there, he just tucked the ball and wrapped up. <laughs> and I, and I, t- I got my sack, and I said, okay, see, that's much better now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. We used to send somebody to the, I mean, they kept an ambulance at our at our games, because we sent somebody to the hospital, I think, every every game. I, I, I honestly believe it was just about every game. You know what I mean? So, yeah. You know, what people don't realize day. is that it was it was a fun time because, you know, Luther South wasn't known for football during that time. You know, they, they rarely ever had winning seasons, if if any. Yeah. And then, um, you know, starting my junior year, I think that's when we first started. We got we put ourselves on the map because we had a good team that year. Mm-hmm. And then our senior year, my senior year, I think was the best team of school probably ever, the best team best our team school probably ever had. That we actually yeah. should have won the, the state. Yeah, we probably should have won state that year, and I probably had a big reason for us not winning it. You know, I had a I had a wide open touchdown pass I dropped that could have won the actually could have tied the game. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I still think about that to this day. Every time, whenever I run, run across Marcel, or sometimes we we hash up old stuff in basketball, football. You know, mm-hmm. that pass always comes up because it was a perfect pass. So I just didn't bring it in. <laughs> wow. You know what? I forgot. The only thing I remembered about that game, because um, your senior year was my junior year, so I was on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the only one in my class that went first team all conference that year. Um, mm-hmm. You guys. Of course, a lot of you guys uh, went all conference as seniors, but I was only junior that did. And um, and 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 I remember that game. And what I really remember about it was, it was a night game. We it was a short week, and we were all hurt. <laughs> the game itself, I can't remember. I remember that's the only thing because that was to me that was the excuse we had. What twenty three players, I think, and. Most of us, well, you guys, I was pretty much defense, but most of most of the starting lineup went both ways. So we literally mm-hmm. had like sixteen players, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and the rest were just backups or some shit like that. So um, once once we got hurt, because I was hurt, I think you had an injury. I know Forrest had an injury. Um, mm-hmm. Damn near everybody was hurt, um, and we still had to play that game without a full week's rest. I think. Had we had a full week and we weren't all hurt, um, I think we would have got past them. And I think we would have won state as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I think I think that was the year we definitely. Actually, uh, I, we, you know, me and Marcel talk about all of you. I think that year we, it should have been a tri factor. I thought, you know, we did win state and track that year, uh, yeah. but you know, it should have been basketball as well. I mean, that was, you know, every you know the talent that we had. Um, my senior year, you know, it don't always come across, you know, that's just, that was just a gift. And uh, I think that was a year where we had a chance to win state in three years, three, three sports, and end up getting one of them, but we got close to two of them. But, you know, it was, it made for great stories, great times, great memories. Oh yeah, man, you know, 
here's the killer part about this. So I go from the greatest football team in our school's history to probably the one of the worst <laughs> in one year. <laughs> because to to the credit, a lot of the talent um was in you guys' class. Let's let's be one hundred, right, right. you know. Because as you said, uh the the team the first time that we went in the history to the to the postseason was your junior year. My sophomore junior, year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you guys went there and I wasn't on the team then. I, I came to the game, watched it, and you guys lost. So the next year, the first round, you guys lost. The next year, we came back and we actually won uh, the playoff game and then went to the second round, which was a short week, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And I say, I was the difference. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. No, we, we just really had a hell of a team and most of the talent was in you guys' class. So, you know, me, I was hyped up and I'm like, yeah, well, next year we can get them and blah, blah, blah. And the coaches looked at me and said, <laughs> yeah, okay, we're all right. What I didn't know was how bad <laughs> the, the sophomores that year, well, they were gonna be juniors in my senior year, how bad right. they were gonna be. And they were terrible, absolutely terrible. So we went from a nine and two season to an 0 and nine season. And when oh wow! Yeah, we didn't win a goddamn game, and I was so pissed off because I had a habit of winning. I remember going off on everybody in the locker room, like you guys are just laughing and joking and shit, like we fucking won the game. You know what I mean? So I'm slamming. Shut the fuck up! Just all y'all, shut the hell up! You know, I remember going off. It was a crazy year, man. So. But those are the good times, man. Hey, listen, uh, I know you got shit to do instead of just sitting back reminiscing about old high school shit. Hey, I want to say that I'm proud of you, brother. I have watched uh, some of your career, especially through football. done a lot of other shit that I don't know. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll get you back to talk some more shit. But um, I want everybody to go that's in that area to check out Conley Fitness. And I'm pretty sure with your entrepreneur mind and your drive, Sooner or later, you're gonna have some kind of online course or some shit. I know that's probably yeah. how it works, right? Yeah, 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 man. You can you can learn. I got a website. You know, you can go to the website conleyfitness.com. You know, okay. eventually one day we, we're gonna take this national. You know, this is just, this is the home home of okay. it. Hopefully, we we can expand one day. But you know, go to conleyfitness.com and learn more about you know Conley Fitness and even as well as me, Steve Conley. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. There it is, conleyfitness.com. Make sure you get on over there. And uh, hey, man, it's good to catch up with brother and and uh, much success to you. And when you come back to Chicago, I I don't know how the hell I'm gonna do it, but I owe you for that, that throwing up shit. <laughs> A lot of people say that. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how the hell I can pay you back for that because yeah, but I owe you for that, man. And 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 I appreciate you coming through, bro. It's uh, good to have you on the show, man. All right, no All problem. Right. It's time to talk some shit with King B on the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast, brought to you by theindycity.com. It's football season. Get your snacks, your drinks. Sit back and enjoy the closest thing to warfare without being at war. We're not back to normal, but we are adapting and shifting 
and one day we probably will have stadiums packed again, cheers from the crowd, but at least right now we can enjoy what we have. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm King B, and this is Raw Fusion. Raw Fusion.